Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we close things out in Fantasyland, looking at the signature restaurants and early morning magic. Find all the episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. If you're enjoying the show, or we've helped you plan your vacation, consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, or by clicking on our donate button at DisneyDeciphered.com. Connect with us anytime with questions, show ideas, or tips at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com at www.deciphered or on our facebook page disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show hi i'm joe from as joe flies and i'm leslie from trips with tykes and welcome back to disney deciphered so leslie our long national nightmare is over we are going to finish up talking about fantasy land today finally i'm <laughs> relieved it's been a lot of fantasy land but we're moving on people I'm sure our listeners are ready to be done with it as well. Uh, speaking of which, we just really want to quickly thank new Patreon subscriber Holly M. Uh, thank you so much. If you're interested in supporting the podcast through Patreon uh, for just $5 a month, you can get some extra content. Or if you don't want to subscribe uh, ongoing, you can always uh, leave us a donation. If we've helped you to plan your trips, uh, there's a donate button on the website, or there's also a link on our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Disney Decipher. So Leslie, we left off talking about the quick service restaurants, and so I think it is time for us to hit up those signature dining restaurants, which are such a big deal in Fantasyland. Ready to do this? Ready. So the first, be our guest for breakfast and lunch is counter service, but for dinner, it becomes a table service restaurant, and they've actually changed it. It's now a pre-fee menu, so it's a three-course menu, and it's already set. I, I think you can cho- you can choose between some things, but you know you're choosing from a set menu. I think they did that to kind of speed things up. Um, and the very special thing about that is the ballroom is lit up in nighttime. Like it becomes nighttime in there no matter what time of, of the day it is. And so it's very beautifully appointed. But also that is the only place where you can meet the beast. And so he kind of wanders around and there's a character greeting there. That's uh, $55 for adults and $35 for children plus tax. Um, and that's something that, you know, people seem to really enjoy it, but it's usually seems like too much of a time commitment for me personally. What about you, Leslie? Yeah, I haven't done the dinner. I'm sure I will at some point. We should also add for folks who do the Disney dining plan, when they added this pre-fee menu, that it's now gone to two table service dining credits. So it's not a good value on the dining plan. And and $55 doesn't shock, shock my conscience for this d- dinner experience, given that it's kind of one of the biggest names at Disney World. But yeah, I'll do it at some point. Still haven't made time. You know, if you want to do a special special meal and your kids love that movie, I mean, this is this is the place. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, I heard that the dinner was really good. A friend of mine uh, went before it became pre-fee and then all the reports I've seen after it's gone pre-fee are still very positive about the food and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's definitely worth a try just usually by dinner. I mean, my kids are still so young. So by dinner, we're kind of uh, tuckered out. The other one is uh, Cinderella's Royal Table where, you know, you get the chance to eat in Cinderella's castle. I know that neither of us have done it, Leslie. The first thing I should say is when I was preparing, I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in Cinderella's Royal Table at all because I had mistaken it for the Grand Floridian has this princess tea party, which costs 300, essentially $350 for just you and your child. And for some reason, that price point was what I thought Cinderella's Royal Table was. Um, And so I was like, yeah, I kind of have no interest in paying $175 for a child's meal. But 
that is not the price point. I was incorrect, Leslie. So what is the actual price point for Cinderella's Royal Table and what is it about? Yeah, so it varies based upon time of day. But I mean, we're talking 45 to 65 for breakfast for adults. Um, lunch and dinner is a bit more 65 to 80 per adult and 45 to 65 per child. So th- these these do fluctuate based seasonally on demand. <laughs> so if you're going low season, check check this maybe in, in more in advance. But yeah, I mean, again, this is one of the signature dining experiences at Walt Disney World. I mean, that, again, does not shock my conscience. I mean, I guess I'm used to San Francisco dining prices. <laughs> so I'm revealing. It will shock the conscience of you if you're from Omaha. Sorry, you know, but, but uh, for me, it doesn't. I guess there is something kind of special about entering the castle and, you know, walking through spiral staircases. I um, mean, it does seem like a more intimate dining experience. So I don't know, maybe, I guess, I guess if my daughter begged me to go, I wouldn't say no. Uh, I am the type of lovely parent who would say no to a lot of things. But, um, you know, I think if she really wanted to go, you know, I would have to do that. But just like the Dumbo Ride Queue Playground, I just don't let them know that it exists. Fair enough. She's going to get old enough pretty soon to figure it out. <laughs> but then she'll have aged out. So. Exactly. It's all part of your evil strategy. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Okay. So let's move on to merchandise really quickly. I do think that there's some pretty cool merchandise at Big Top Souvenirs at Storybook Circus. You know, there are kind of carnival based merchandise that is pretty cool. Um, it's really cute. Uh, and then Fantasyland is the place where it has it has the Winnie the Pooh store, and there's a lot of very cute Winnie the Pooh stuff there. And although you can find it kind of in other shops around Walt Disney World, like this is kind of the place to get all the Winnie the Pooh stuff. And then finally, uh, one kind of special shop, I guess, that bears mentioning. I'm not sure if it's a shop is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Leslie, can you tell me what Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is? Yes, so this is when you get to transform your child into their princess or prince of choice. And uh, yeah, so you can you can sort of buy the really expensive package and get a dress and all of the accoutrements that go with that. Um, or you can bring your own and save a little bit of money and they do a makeover on your child. So it's really great. I did have not done it at Disney World. We did do it at the equivalent version at the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel when we were on that trip. And I mean, if you've got the princess phase, you got to do this once. This is like key between like three and six, I would say. Do you? Do you? Yeah. I'm, I do not regret doing that. That is like one of the best memories I have for my Hong Kong Disneyland trip. How long, how long, how long does like their hair even stay? Like, I mean, if they take a shower that night, it's like over, right? It's gone. But, you know, I think you, it's important to time it right. I mean, we did it, I guess, maybe early afternoon when we did it. And then, you know, the, the child gets to go around and meet all the the princesses or the other characters dressed up and then have dinner. And yeah, I mean, there, I guess if you want the hair to last, it's there's enough hairspray <laughs> in the hair that you could sleep in it and it would be fine the next morning <laughs> if you wanted to. I mean, I guess like kind of at its lowest price point, it's around $60. You know, I, I like it better on Disney Cruise Line because if you do it on like formal night, they can kind of wear it to dinner and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know. Again, if she ever catches wind that it, that it exists, then maybe she'll get the chance to do it if she begs enough. Fair enough. And I would also be careful about doing this in the absolute heat of summer because those gowns are, they're sleeveless, <laughs> but they're still hot and itchy. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, bring your own dress. Um, you know, I think 
I, I don't know about you, Leslie, but for us, we've gotten a lot of like hand-me-down princess dresses and, you know, we kind of just pay it forward as you go along because those things are kind of expensive. Yeah, we only ever bought one real one and that was the one we bought in Hong Kong. But yeah, we've 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 done hand-me-downs now to my sister's daughter. So they're those dresses are seeing new life. Definitely. And so to wrap things up, there is a event, a special ticketed event called Early Morning Magic. And what you do is you pay about 80, 85 bucks uh, to get into the park at 7.45 a.m. Usually these events run from 7.45 to 10 a.m. But for the most part, you're getting into the park, uh, into the Magic Kingdom an hour and 15 minutes ahead of everyone else. They do hold rope drop. I was there rope dropping one day. They do hold rope drop to actually 9 a.m. on these early morning magic days. Um, but then what is open is the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan, Princess Fairytale Hall, Small World, Mad Tea Party, and Under the Sea. You also are entitled to a breakfast at Cosmic Rays. Um, that's open until 10 a.m. And so, you know, it's about 85 bucks for adults. That's including tax and about 73, 74 for kids. Um kind of for an hour and 15 minutes to ride seven dwarfs mine train as many times as you want. What do you think, Leslie? Is this uh, worth the price point for you? For me, absolutely. Yes. This is one of the early morning magics that I would say is probably the best reviewed price wise for the availability of the attractions. So I absolutely would do it if I wanted to get a couple of rides on seven dwarfs mine train and hit a lot of those classic fantasy land attractions before the, you know, didn't want to worry about, scrambling for fast passes. This this is one that I can see myself doing for sure. What about you? Yeah, once again, I feel exactly the opposite. Maybe Fantasyland is where, you know, our conflicts are truly going to arise from since we've disagreed on so much. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like I don't I think we said last episode I don't love Seven Dwarfs Mine Train that much and I don't see myself paying $85 to go ride it. I guess if I wrote it eight times, it would be $10 a ride. That still doesn't feel worth it to me. You know, I'd much rather, I'd much rather pay $150 for the after hours event where all of Magic Kingdom is open. I think, you know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is not uh, big enough of a draw for me. Um, but that's just me. And so, you know, I think you're right. People do seem to enjoy it. It just seems to be too much for me. If I was there for a conference or something and, you know, I could sneak in here before I took a flight home in the late morning, then maybe that's something I do. But other than that, I don't really see myself doing it, especially like when your kids are young, it's kind of not worth it. You can't even efficiently ride as quickly as you'd want to. You underestimate my forced march of happiness. I guess I do, but you know, that's why it's, it's good to have differing opinions. Of course. Of course. That's why there's two of us on this podcast. So that about wraps it up for fantasy land. Before we leave you though, let's talk about a couple of Disney do's and don'ts. Joe, do you have a Disney do or don't about fantasy land? Yeah. So this Disney do comes from listener Alan. Uh, he reminded me after one of our million fantasy land episodes that if you've already seen the cool projections during Happily Ever After, or if uh, you know you think it's going to be too crowded there, a great place to watch the fireworks is by standing by the carousel, which is behind the castle, because they're firing the fireworks from behind the castle, and so they're kind of like right on top of you. And so it's like a you know if you're really into fireworks, it's kind of puts you right in the middle of the action. You miss the um, projections, obviously, um, but you still hear the music, and you know it's kind of a great time with uh, everything exploding around you, like the 4th of July. 
That sounds like an awesome tip. Well, I'll add one more to it from another listener. Thanks so much to Jamie for sending this in, one of our Patreon subscribers. She recommends Storybook Treats. So take a stop there if you want ice cream. There are a bunch of new products that Disney's always coming out with, and the Peter Pan float with lime soft serve and Sprite and a chocolate feather. It was her favorite. Um, I really want to try it next time I'm there. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. You know, I think we kind of glossed over storybook treats in our last episode. So, you know, I think that definitely gives us another Monster Inc. laugh floor type place to check out. Uh, You know, we love getting feedback and uh, tips from our listeners. So, you know, you can always email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or leave a comment on the blog like Jamie did. Or you can tweet at us at WDWDeciphered or connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Also, since this episode was kind of short, we've attached a couple minutes of our Disney Deciphered Unfiltered episode, a bonus Patreon episode for anyone at the $5 subscriber level or more. If you're interested in more Disney Deciphered Unfiltered episodes, we'll be releasing them periodically. And you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. You know, that about does it for Fantasyland. Thanks so much for bearing with us. We will be hitting up Liberty Square next. We will talk to you all next time. And Leslie, I will see you searching for Peter Pan all over Fantasyland. Thanks, Joe. That's right. And there's this big question mark still floating out there for everybody about when Rise of the Resistance is going to open and, you know, in both parks and, and it's, I keep hearing different rumors, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think but it's pretty safe to universally, say. Universally, none of the rumors are good. No, I, I think it's safe to say it will not be open in October for your trip or mine to Disney World. It's possible it might be open this fall in Disneyland. So I'm I'm kind of gauging it really carefully because I, I, I do want to go this fall for Disneyland's new Halloween party. They're moving it over to California Adventure. So I want to go for that. Are you going to try to, what do you like, what do you think the odds are that you'll get to check out Mickey's not so scary at um, Disney world when you're there in October? Cause I, if I can make it work, I'm definitely going to go to one of those. Yeah. I think my chances are pretty good. So I'm going to be there. Yeah. Like second week in October, I'll have to check, but I have to be there for a conference on Thursday. It's the same, and a party. It's the same week, Leslie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> except for you keep booking the wrong week. You, we, we keep trying to meet up there, hey, but you hey. keep booking the wrong week. <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even want four people to know. Okay, how bad? Like, I was like, I was like, all ready to go. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't figure out when uh, Columbus Day was. Okay. I, I just can't. That's read all right. That. That's yeah. all right. That's all right. So um, the other thing that oh, I didn't even I don't even tell you this, Leslie, but like I'm really debating whether to get a Disney World annual pass for the year or I should rephrase that as to, you know, using up any capital that I can build up with my wife to argue for one of those, because I don't know if I told you, but I signed up for the half marathon on marathon weekend. So I will be going back in January as well. You did without me. (laughs) Well, I knew you couldn't do that weekend. So, I mean, I love it. But if you do princess, then maybe I can just show up that week too. Cause I don't, I don't have work then. So um, you oh know, the math is starting to make sense for an annual pass, but you know, the family math might not work, make as much sense. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, no, no annual pass for me in my future. I, I just don't go quite enough to, to make it happen. And I, I realized, and, and I'm really excited about reporting on this at some point, I still have tickets from 
child tickets from like the late 80s in my bedside table. My dad somehow miraculously saved them that still have days left on them. So I am going to try to upgrade those and use them. So when I go now as a 39 year old, <laughs> they're like, they're like forever stamps. They only increase in value. Exactly. Like, what an investment. Go, <laughs> go buy all the forever stamps you can. Yeah. Props to dad for hanging on to those, not losing them. Yeah, for real.